This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.07. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. It's time for Pope Pope Parliament where we bring you updates from the Day One Rakyat. So let's start with a question from Tanjung Piai MP, Datuk Sri Dr. Wee Jack Singh. Uh, he asked about the Education Ministry's readiness to introduce a subject on the electoral system or to teach Undi 18 related elements at the secondary school level. Uh, so Deputy Minister Lim Hui Ying didn't talk about creating a new and dedicated subject for political studies, but she she did give an overview of the various subjects and activities that currently encompass these topics. Kandungan yang berkaitan pilihan raya telah dimasukkan secara khusus dalam mata pelajaran sejarah dan elemen berkaitan pilihan raya dilaksanakan dalam pendidikan sivik serta aktiviti kurikulum. Sebagai usaha membentuk karakter murid menjadi warga negara yang bertanggungjawab dan cinta akan negara, bermula dari sekolah rendah, murid diajar mengenai perlembagaan persekutuan dan tanggungjawab rakyat kepada negara ini. Ini termasuk latar belakang pengetahuan asas sejarah negara melalui tema sejarah awal negara, kedaulatan negara dan kemakmuran negara kita. Selaras dengan kematangan usia dan tahap pengetahuan, murid sekolah menengah didedahkan dengan lebih mendalam tentang politik melalui tema sejarah kita dan dunia, warisan bangsa, kedatangan kuasa asing, pembinaan negara serta Malaysia dan masa hadapan. Ini adalah bertujuan supaya murid memahami kepentingan peranan mereka sebagai warga negara yang bertanggungjawab untuk mengekalkan keharmonian dan kestabilan negara. Bagi memupuk kesedaran politik melalui aktiviti kurikulum pula, KPM menjalin kerjasama dengan Jabatan Penerangan Malaysia, Japan, bagi melaksanakan pelbagai aktiviti patriotism melalui Kelab Malaysia Ku. KPM juga turut menyokong program yang dianjurkan oleh Jabatan Perpaduan Negara dan Integrasi Nasional melalui Kelab Rukun Negara yang merangkumi pelbagai aktiviti berteraskan kepada pengukuhan pengetahuan, pemahaman, penghayatan dan pengamalan Rukun Negara. The Tanjung PIMP then asked whether there were concerns that teachers who are responsible for these subjects would impose their own political beliefs and influence students to vote a certain way. The Deputy Minister said that she's not worried about it and was confident that teachers would be professional and objective. Dari segi persoalan tentang guru sama ada akan mempengaruhi uh, jawapan kami memang tidak. Kami ada uh, confident, ada ada keyakinan dalam guru pada uh, pada itu PDP sejarah tugas guru mengajar apa sahaja topik secara objektif termasuklah pilihan raya. Guru kita telah dididik dengan integriti dan bersikap objektif yang tidak mungkin mempengaruhi murid dari segi fahaman politik. That was Deputy Education Minister Lim Hui Ying. Let us know, uh, do you think it would be helpful for students to learn things about our electoral and political system in school? You can call 7733 send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 or tweet us at BFM Radio. Now on to EPF withdrawals, Deputy Finance Minister Datuk Sri Ahmad Mazlan reiterated the Prime Minister's previous statement that there will not be any more of these withdrawals. He did, however, say that alternative solutions will be presented during the budget announcement this Friday. Pengeluaran khas empat kali itu ketika pandemik COVID, 
Sekarang ini kita sudah sampai ke era endemik dan negara-negara yang seumpama kita memberikan kebenaran keluar pun tidak lagi membenarkan. Dan satu lagi B40 dan M40 paling terjejas ahli akibat daripada kebenaran pengeluaran itu dan 67 juta atau 51.5% separuh daripada 13.1 juta ahli berumur bawah 55 tahun kini mempunyai simpanan 10,000 dan kurang jadi ini angka-angka yang tepat dan benar dan saya saya kira dalam bajet 2023 pada hari Jumaat ini sebagaimana dijanjikan oleh yang berhormat Perdana Menteri bahawa uh, ada kaedah-kaedah lain untuk membantu pada kumpulan-kumpulan. Yang layak itu sebenarnya mereka tak mau keluarkan pun. Apabila kita lihat daripada angka-angka itu, yang layak itu mereka tak mau keluarkan. Yang masalahnya yang sikit tu makin sedikit pengeluarannya, walaupun mereka akan ada gaji, tapi struktur gaji di Malaysia ini, strukturnya adalah uh, gajinya rendah dan itu adalah masalah struktur negara kita. Uh, maka kita ingin pastikan bahawa rakyat berpendapatan tinggi, maka KWSP mereka merentas kaum juga akan tinggi dan ini adalah antara perkara utama yang ingin kita lakukan. That was Deputy Finance Minister Datuk Sri Ahmad Maslan saying that alternative solutions to EPF withdrawals will be announced during Budget 2023 that's happening this Friday. Next up, a question by Tasik Gelugo MP Datuk Wan Saiful Wanjan. He wanted to know what's being done to address the smuggling of illegal tobacco products and alcohol. Now, as you know, MPs sometimes preface a question with a pantun, but Wan Saiful apologised for being a little too busy yesterday to prepare one. He was, of course, referring to his appearance in court to face two charges of corruption linked to the Jana Wibawa programme. Here is that exchange between him and Deputy Finance Minister Stephen Sim. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Uh, saya minta maaf saya tak sempat dah sediakan pantun sebab semalam saya banyak urusan di luar Dewan. Tapi soalan saya nombor 8, saya tak pasti YB Steven ataupun Datuk Seri Ahmad Maslan. Orang Pulau Pinang jawab soalan orang Pulau Pinang. Semoga segala urusan dipermudahkan buat YB Tasik Gulgoh. Tuan yang dipertua, antara langkah-langkah pembaharuan yang telah diambil dalam tempoh beberapa tahun ini adalah seperti contohnya, mengehadkan aktiviti transshipment rokok dengan izin kepada pelabuhan-pelabuhan tertentu sahaja. Keduanya, membenarkan penggunaan kontena yang berstandar ISO sahaja untuk melakukan transshipment rokok. Yang ketiga, melarang penggunaan bot-bot kecil termasuk bot berjenis kumpit. Langkah-langkah tersebut telah terbukti dan dilihat menunjukkan kesan positif melalui peningkatan hasil kutipan cukai rokok dan produk tembakau. Contohnya daripada 3.27 bilion ringgit pada tahun 2020 kepada 3.47 bilion ringgit pada tahun 2021. Berdasarkan kajian yang dilakukan oleh pihak industri pula, perastusan illegal cigarette incidents di Malaysia telah menurun kepada 57.3% pada tahun 2021 dan seterusnya menurun lagi kepada 56.6% pada tahun 2022 berbanding dengan 63.8% pada tahun 2020. 
I also didn't prepare a pantun, but I'm going to go ahead with business anyway. I'll forgive you. Thank you. Now, on the question of losses in tax revenue, Stephen said it would have been about 353 million ringgit in 2021 and 364 million ringgit in 2022. Once I then asked about the possibility of taxing vape products as a way to diversify government revenue. Kecukaan vape itu saya percaya Kementerian Kesihatan tengah menelitikan perundangan sebab sekarang vape tidak dimasukkan dalam perundangan dan Kementerian Kesihatan telah pun dan sedang menelitikan perundangan tersebut mungkin ada pengumuman-pengumuman dalam bajet dan jika perundangan tersebut diluluskan maka saya juga menjemput ataupun memohon sokongan daripada saudara-saudari di, di sebelah sana kalau diluluskan maka web boleh dicukaikan. That was Deputy Finance Minister Stephen Sim. Uh, do weigh in. Do you agree with this idea to tax vaping products? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. If we may, uh, going back briefly to one Saiful, he held a press conference to urge Basatu leaders to make a decision on his request to step down as Basatu's information chief. Saya mengambil keputusan untuk memohon supaya yang berhormat Tan Sri Presiden Parti Peribumi Bersatu Malaysia dan juga seluruh Majlis Pimpinan Tertinggi Parti Peribumi Bersatu Malaysia untuk membuat keputusan mengenai kedudukan saya selaku Ketua Penerangan Bersatu Malaysia. Saya telah memaklumkan hajat saya ini kepada yang berhormat Tan Sri Presiden dan juga kepada yang berhormat Datuk Sri Setius Agong. Sebenarnya saya mencadangkan supaya saya digantikan oleh individu lain Dalam parti kita, dalam bersatu ini, ramai tokoh-tokoh yang layak, yang boleh menjalankan tugas dan tanggungjawab. Tetapi saya rasa keputusan itu biarlah ditentukan oleh pimpinan atasan parti. Keputusan yang saya ambil ini adalah sesuai, sesuai dengan prinsip integriti dan semangat perjuangan yang saya junjung selama ini. Dan tindakan ini juga saya nak tegaskan, membezakan antara saya dengan kluster mahkamah yang bermaharaja lela dalam Kerajaan Pakatan Harapan dan Barisan Nasional hari ini. Jawatan Ketua Penerangan adalah jawatan eksekutif dalam parti. Maka saya melepaskan jawatan eksekutif ini sehinggalah saya dapat membersihkan nama saya melalui proses perundangan. Jadi jangan sesekali ada mana-mana pihak yang cuba menyamakan saya dengan individu-individu lain dalam kluster mahkamah. Saya dengan suka hati, dengan suka rela, dengan tanpa berbelah bagi melepaskan jawatan saya sedangkan mereka mencari dan menggunakan jawatan eksekutif untuk kepentingan diri sendiri. Saya juga tidak akan teragak-agak untuk mengambil tindakan selanjutnya mungkin dari segi perundangan sekiranya ada siapa-siapa lagi yang cuba untuk terus memburuk-burukkan nama saya selepas ini. That was Tasik Lugo MP Datuk Wan Saiful Wanjan announcing his willingness to give up his position as Persatu's information chief and asking not to be associated with the others who have been uh, branded as the court cluster, essentially. Uh, Party President Tan Sri Muhyiddin Yassin has since accepted the resignation and he's also said that this doesn't in any way imply guilt. We are curious to know, does Wan Saiful stepping down uh, make you think of him differently? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Before we move on to the the next press conference, I'm curious to know, Sharmila, from you, a separate thing. Do you think court cluster at any point will go out of vogue? Um, I mean, it it was something that was born from um. Born from COVID-19, oddly enough. It's a pandemic turn. That's true. Um, but it worked at the time and it was catchy and, you know, everybody understood who we were referring to. But now, it, 
I guess it will just survive in, in the same way that a lot of other pandemic ter- uh, pandemic terms have continued to be used. I think as long as we see members of the so-called court cluster still clustering about, <laughs> <laughs> I think for as long as the, the trials are going on, we'll probably still see the parlance being used. Um, I'm not sure though. I'm not sure whether soon it will just become one of those things that are meaningless. You know what they say, um, like stand-up comedians, you know how they always say K, the K sound yeah. is like a funny sound. It's it's what they use to land a joke. Court cluster, right? I think that's probably why it's so catchy. And it's also very easy to say. Um, in both, even if you're not an English speaker, it's very easy to say. All right. So let us know. Do you think court cluster <laughs> is a phrase that's going to, to continue and perpetuate? Or are we going to move on and find another way to describe Corrupt politicians. These people, I was going to say. (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, on to another press conference, this time by Transport Minister Anthony Lok, to talk about the latest updates on investigations to the disruption of the Ampang LRT line. The train service between Bandaraya and Masjid Jamik has been suspended since some structural damage was first detected last month. Here he is announcing the findings of the investigation. Hasil siasatan menunjukkan bahawa kerosakan kepada tiga struktur, Wayadak dan Pier, telah diakibatkan oleh ground movement yang dipercayai daripada kerja-kerja di tapak pembinaan bersebelahan. Seperti yang telah dinyatakan oleh Agensi Pengangkutan Awam Darat pada 27 Januari 2023, kerja-kerja tersebut telah mula dijalankan tanpa sebarang perundingan dengan APAD di bawah peraturan-peraturan kereta api, Zon Perlindungan Kereta Api 1998. Pihak prasarana kini dalam proses melantik kontraktor bagi menjalankan kerja-kerja baik pulih yang akan dimulakan pada awal bulan Mac dan dijangka akan mengambil masa sehingga tujuh bulan. Tempo ini berangkumi dua bulan untuk kerja-kerja baik pulih sementara, temporary works, bagi mengukuhkan struktur dan lima bulan untuk kerja-kerja baik pulih secara menyeluruh. Kerja-kerja baik pulih tersebut akan mengambil masa kerana siasatan menunjukkan kerosakan kepada struktur yang terjejas menimbulkan risiko keselamatan yang amat serius. Prasarana akan sebaik mungkin mengambil langkah-langkah mitigasi bagi mengurangkan gangguan perkhidmatan kepada para pengguna. Apabila perkhidmatan MRT laluan Putrajaya dibuka sepenuhnya pada pertengahan bulan Mac, pengguna laluan Ampang dan Seri Petaling akan mempunyai alternatif untuk ke pusat bandar melalui stesen-stesen pertukaran seperti Chan Saolin, Titiwangsa dan Sungai Besi. Sementara kerja-kerja baik boleh dijalankan, perkhidmatan alternatif yang telah diperkenalkan semenjak 27 Januari yang lalu, termasuk perkhidmatan bas pengantara, akan diteruskan. You just heard there Transport Minister Anthony Lok saying that the damage to the structure that supports the rail tracks was due to ground movement caused by unauthorized construction near the Bandaraya station. Uh, he also said uh, that the repairs are likely to take up to seven months to complete. Let us know, um, are you one of the commuters affected by this disruption? This is the train service between Bandaraya and Masjid Jame. It's going to be suspended. You can call 7733-2900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, that's all for today's session so far um, and a fair amount of things that were covered. Uh, firstly, a question on 
teaching uh, elements of the electoral system and Undi 18 in schools um, and concerns about whether teachers can do that in a neutral way. Uh, we also talked about alternatives or heard about alternatives to EPF withdrawals, as well as whether vape products should be taxed. Um, and overall, we've also asked you whether the term court cluster still is um, on top of your mind for you. <laughs> You can weigh in. Uh, that number to call once again, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Bringing fresh meaning. BFM eighty nine point nine. BFM eighty nine point nine. That was good bad times by Heinz. It is five twenty seven, five twenty eight. You're listening to. Oh no, it is five twenty seven. What's wrong with me? You're listening to. <laughs> Charmila and Lynn on the evening edition. You are. Um, <laughs> you are. And Sorry, it's... just confusing people as they listen. Correct. And even with the amount of time spent clarifying the time, it's still not yet 5.28. So uh. there you go. It's accurate. <laughs> um, so we have, uh, we're back now to look at the points that have come through in response to Popit Popit Parliament today, which in which we covered a few things, um, including, let's see, the question of introducing school subjects related to Undi 18 and our electoral system. Uh, we also spoke about the repairs to the Ampang LRT line taking seven months, um, alternatives to EPF withdrawals, all sorts of things. We do have uh, messages that have come in on this. Uh, let's start with Valerie who says... Yes, I think it's a great idea to include a Pilihan Raya 101 class in the education curriculum, especially since citizens can now vote at 18. Better they make informed decisions when it comes time to cast their vote rather than going with which party the latest KOL, KOL is sponsoring. I would have found this most helpful it was a, if it was available during my student days. I was only vaguely aware of the electoral process, parliament, MPs, etc. in my 20s and then more informed in my 30s. And while the education ministry is at it, they should also include education students on the Malaysian constitution so that everyone is aware of their rights as a citizen. Valerie, I completely agree with all of those suggestions. Um, I do think that also, uh, I think the suggestion from the MP at least was that it was something that that it should be introduced in the secondary school level. But to be honest, I think elements of this can be introduced much earlier on um, and couched under, say, something like civics. Yes, Um my civics lessons were, were pointless. And so I think, you know, <laughs> no, they really were. They really were just sort of general knowledge. Like it's pengetahuan am. It's definitely not civics. So I agree that that's where you would park it under. It's a very natural spot. Uh, meanwhile, Anwar says, on the LRT disruption due to structural damage, the agencies responsible in monitoring construction and those who undertook this illegal construction should be brought to task. It's probably going to cost the government millions of ringgit, inconvenience, tens on thousands. Uh, it will inconvenience tens of thousands and result in millions of hours lost in productivity due to traffic and so on. It should not be taken lightly. I agree, Anwar. Um, I hope to see actually what uh, is done uh, moving forward. Keep those thoughts coming, uh, whether on the idea of introducing subjects related to the electoral system in school or on the disruption to the LRT lines or on the notion of taxing vape products. You can call us, you can WhatsApp us, you can send us a voice note and keep it here, BFM 89.9. Bodacious, fabulous minds. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
It is 5.38. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. And uh, we were talking about the Day One Riot earlier with a number of interesting topics coming up in Parliament today. Um, among them, uh, alternatives to EPF withdrawals, which to be clear, so far the government has said not happening again. Uh, we also have um, suge- a suggestion that the electoral system be taught as a school subject, um, as well as uh, questions around uh, whether we should be taxing vape products. On the subject of um, the electoral system, I was thinking earlier about what we um, a message we received from Valerie who said that I didn't actually know a lot about this in my 20s and it was only in my 30s that I became more um, you know, conscious and more aware of what things were. And I think that reflects actually how I feel about it as well. And, um, and I was thinking about what I came out of school knowing. It's not a lot um, in terms of politics or in terms of our system or our constitution. Actually, I think it might have been next to nothing. Uh, Same. And then I think back to how most higher education institutions have that compulsory Malaysian studies component. And even there, we didn't really learn very much. If we did, it was very piecemeal. I mean, that one was a little bit like if you mash together Pandidikan Moral and Sejarah. So so it's not really, you know, geared towards you having like a working understanding. So yeah, I mean, the more I think about it, the more I think it's, it's entirely necessary. Even without the lowering of the voting age, which I'm glad has happened, um, and is precipitating this. Even without that, I think it would have it would matter. You should know who these people are who who do these things, who pass these laws. No, and also I think. See, what tends to happen now is pre-election, many media organisations, including ourselves, start putting out info um, on how to vote, who is what, um, you know, how these things work. But it is an information glut all being consumed at a very short amount of time. Whereas I think people having already gotten a grounding on this for a course of years over school is a lot more helpful. Syllabus and mm. being able to contain it within a syllabus. Um, so we have some messages. CK starting off by talking about both. Um, let's see, uh, combining the subject of school education, although kind of changing that a little bit, um, and pairing it up with EPF withdrawal. CK says financial literacy should be included in the system during primary and secondary school. Adults who aren't educated financially end up withdrawing their EPF for luxury expenses like iPhones or gaming PCs and selling it with a value depreciation after a few months. So two things. I agree, actually, that financial literacy should be included in the education system. However, I'm not so sure about the second part of your message because I think the assumption that people are going to withdraw their EPF for these sorts of unnecessary things might be flawed because as we've seen in the last few years, people are struggling and that's usually the motivation for why they might do it. Yeah, and and I guess financial education doesn't um, come necessarily with a um, with a financial safety net and you know there are lots of reasons for why somebody might have been in trouble. Although I agree, generally speaking, that a that a financially educated person would not make decisions like these. So, you know, there is that as well. Um, I I just don't agree with the, I guess, value judgment on everyone who withdrew their EPF. I suppose they... Having financial education would help you maybe understand the value of having retirement fund and how to plan it and those aspects, which, to be honest, even I only learned in my late 20s, perhaps. And, and you know, I think that's the case with most people. Um, to go back to something you brought up earlier, Lynn, about whether 
we still think of the court cluster, whether we might continue to think of it in that way. Legion says, alternative name for court clusters, the contagious ones? That's like a band. I know. <laughs> the, the contagious ones. Um, although I, you would hope that what plagues the court cluster would in fact not be contagious. I was going to say that's, yes, I don't think we want anything to be contagious. But yes. Joy, laughter, kindness. I've been watching The Last of Us, so <laughs> I can really only think of negative types of contagions sure. at the moment. Uh, but yes, that's that's one option. Keep those thoughts coming. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my, bfm89.9, the business station.